the fire. It transforms the state from a limited force in our lives for good, limiting the relational rights of man, woman, for the sake of their children, to a coercive power that now seeks to grant the rights of marriage to people as it redefines what marriage is. Isn't that amazing? Society needs healthy children, and the state's role in marriage is mainly about the children, mm-hmm. not about the definition of marriage, not about the happiness of people in marriage. You look, if you're looking at Washington, D.C., for a healthy definition of marriage mm-hmm. or what makes a happy relationship, you are looking in the wrong <laughs> place. Welcome to... Through the fire, cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. <laughs> hello, hello. Welcome to Through the Fire, where we face what is going on in our culture, empowered with the wisdom and courage that comes from the knowledge that God is always in charge. Always in charge, that's yes. right. Yes, and His Word is sufficient to prepare us to deal with the challenges of the day, prepared, forewarned, and forearmed to engage I all like things. like that, prepared, forewarned, and forearmed. Yes, to engage all things from moral, biblical perspectives. Absolutely. Yeah, and today we want to take a bit of a turn on the marriage discussion we've been having, don't we? Yeah, I'd like to. Mm-hmm. Because today is not, we're not going to talk about the relational aspects of marriage. Mm-hmm. Today you, Greg, would mm-hmm. like to talk about the politics and policy stuff concerning marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And why that is really undermining not just our culture's view of marriage, but our culture itself, right? That's right, honey. And it's good to be with you again today. It's always good to be with me. <laughs> See, that'll be the next show I'm again. I'm the most on the pleasant relation, person. <laughs> yes, she is. We were just talking about how, you know, over the weekend I didn't earn any points, even though I thought I did really good. Well, that's what Dave, you know, our sound guy here was telling us. So. <laughs> well, and we're not talking about any of that today. No, we're talking about, I, I do want to talk about the politics of marriage and why all this stuff we're dealing today with today is not healthy for us. Mm-hmm. Not in our relationships, yeah, it's not healthy, but also in our culture. Um, and the first thing we have to say is that all the dialogue today focuses on the relational aspects of marriage as if marriage is just about two people who are in love. And so I think for the first time in human history, and I mean that, human history, we've reduced the institution of marriage to merely a relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's troubling in and of itself because marriage is always much more than that. You know, it's always mm-hmm. been about the relationship. Yeah, but it's been about, it, it's more than that. It's about family, family identity. It's about children. It's about molding the lives of the the next generation of our family tree. Mm-hmm. Yes, even the next generation of our country's citizens, too. Yeah, and we've been talking about the keys to a happy and he- uh, healthy marriage right. and, you know, the commitments that are necessary to make that happen. Um, but you're saying that there's even more at stake in the whole marriage discussion today, or there should be, right, a, a discussion mm-hmm. about these things and that that's not happening. And that losing the battle of the proper politics of marriage will influence the loss of relationship aspects, too. I, I think it's already happening. Mm-hmm. You know, we're already seeing it. Uh, so today more and more young people don't even want to get married and that's that's part of the relational issues i get that but it's also part of what the society is pushing on us both politically and policy wise as well so you know the bible teaches that 
uh, marriage, love and marriage, the desire to create and grow a family, that's foundational to humanity, to society. And of course, it was meant for your your personal happiness too, but we need to understand, and I think we're losing this, uh, that marriage is more than a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's that, but it's a commitment to grow and nurture a family, grow and nurture an extended family that looks after each other, looks mm-hmm. after children, looks after one another, you know, looking after grandma and grandpa when That's the need right. arises. That's right. And a healthy society has always understood the need to support or at least incentivize, and I'm going to talk a lot about this today, the institution of marriage, mm-hmm. the lifelong commitment of a man and a woman to each other and their children. Um, gosh, one of the ways we talk about it is the trinity of civility. civility. Yeah. Um, you know, families can't save you, but they can prevent, the, you know, they, they can be a foundation for a healthy life. So it mm-hmm. directs a child, uh, loves a child, molds them to be young men and women. And our communities really need, need that. this. Yeah, they mm-hmm. do. You know, in my work as a counselor, you know, many of the problems that people have personally or psychologically, you know, often flow, you know, from the brokenness in the home during those formative years as a child. Right. I mean, this is really very uh, important to me in my work. Uh, and it really hits my heart. You know, when divorce hits, it often leaves the child feeling abandoned, you know, afraid, unsure of themselves at a time when the child should be learning about trust, risk, maturity, responsibility, self-reliance, and a whole host of other things that, you know, come from the blessing of having both a mom and a dad. Children are always, always people negatively impacted by a divorce. Mm -hmm. Even if the divorce was necessary, the negative aspects of divorce will impact them as they move through their life, particularly if they don't have a good support system to love them through the brokenness. That's exactly right. You know, for those that remember, by the way, I want to say this, for those that remember the politics of this, I'm going to date myself here, back a few years ago, or more, maybe a little more than that, (laughs) when Vice President Dan Quayle said that the sitcom Murphy Brown was sending the wrong message by encouraging single motherhood. Mm -hmm. Remember that? I remember that. Yeah, our culture ridiculed him. they made fun of him, right? Yeah. Very much so. They ridiculed him. Um, They were merciless in it. Right. But... What even the Washington Post and the Atlantic magazine later admitted that, you know, he was right. Mm-hmm. That family fragmentation, brokenness, divorce, single motherhood sowed the wind and now is reaping the whirlwind of heartache, social pathologies, and moral decay. Right. But that's relationship stuff. And I always tend to get off in that because that's what I do, right? <laughs> yeah, but but you are also pointing out right there that the institutional stuff, the societal stuff, you know, the political stuff does have a bearing mm-hmm. on, on relational stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and we're being kind of sold a bill of goods, too. And we, we need to push back on some of that stuff for the sake of marriage, but also for the sake of our culture. So, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> it, it's a sad state of affairs of the affairs of the state in marriage. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of what I want to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe a better, a clearer way to say that is concerning the, the marriage, the state is involving itself in things it has no business mm-hmm. being part of. And the one thing it should be concerned about, which is the protection of children, yeah. it's actually doing very poorly and it's hurting the very people it claims to help. Yeah, I agree. I mean, so let's be a little bit even more specific, okay. shall we? So what is the government's main responsibility when it comes to marriage? I mean, is it in the marriage definition business? Should it use coercive powers to create healthy relationships? <laughs> I mean, like, what does that look like anyway? <laughs> right. Should it tell people how to do marriage? I mean, what is its role? Well, and I think your questions, I think you're already defining the problem that we have in our culture today. Some people think the government should have something to say about all of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the trouble begins mm-hmm. because the government's main role in marriage is to undergird and support 
the one institution that is the key to society surviving and thriving, not mm-hmm. to be it, not to right. take its place. Right. And I was just saying, I mean, even if you step back from this and just think about the biology of the relationship of male, female, and children mm-hmm. and how that's more fundamental than anything else and the complementarianism of men and women socially and sexually, the main relationships that create and maintain a society – these are the relationships between a man, a woman, and their children. And we want to ask, well, what's the state's relationship to that fundamental institution? Right. And that's foundational for sure. Right. But you're not saying that other relationships are unimportant or of less value, are you? No, not at all. In fact, that's the point. I, there's something um, very uh, exclusive to the committed relationship of man, woman, and child. And that's not to say that we shouldn't have a discussion about uh, the proper limitations of our self-expression or relational issues, sexual drives, relational commitments, and everything. Mm-hmm. But today is about the politics of marriage and what's the state's role um, you know, in, in, in that that relationship clearly defined in the matter, um, you know, is it something where we can say this is the limited role of the state and, mm-hmm. and we can clearly define it or should it get out of the whole marriage uh, stuff altogether? Mm-hmm. So I, I want to be clear. When it comes to the politics of marriage, then the state's main concern is to deal with those relationships that intrinsically have children and try to ensure that they stay together, not just for the sake of the happiness of the husband and wife, the relational stuff. Uh, but for the care, discipline, maturing of children, the state doesn't grant the right of marriage. It limits the rights of people who get married because they're concerned about the kids. Mm-hmm. Right. So what you meant to say really was that the state's main concern in marriage is to deal with those relationships that can intrinsically have children. Right. Because their only concern is what's going on with the kids. Right. Yeah. But I don't think that people think that's what's going on today. I think that many feel that the government is granting the right of marriage to everyone because it is a civil rights issue. Right. And you're saying that's not the point at all. Exactly. Because that's not the purpose of government. Mm-hmm. First of all, government, when it's doing its job correctly, uh, hear me clearly, folks. It doesn't grant rights because the government that grants you rights can easily take those rights away. Mm-hmm. It undergirds rights you already have from God. So I often say it this way. When the state demands that a man and woman get hitched <laughs> or legally bind themselves to one another, they're not granting them rights. They're limiting their rights. They're forcing a commitment on them than merely living together. Uh, why? Because they don't want to and they shouldn't want to raise your kids. Mm-hmm. And the only relationship that has that intrinsic possibility of having a child is the male-female relationship. Everyone else got to go outside of their relationship to have children. So the point is the state shouldn't care about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so if the state can't limit its nefarious hands to the institution of marriage between a man and a woman or the man-woman and child relationship, it should get out of the marriage business altogether. Yeah, but it hasn't done that at all. No, it hasn't, and it's gone exactly the other way, right? I'm just thinking about some of the policies of government that started to deal directly with the family, like, you know, back in the 60s, for Mm -hmm. example, right? Federal legislation began to undermine the role of the fathers in the home. Yeah. I mean, they rendered them almost as being unnecessary as long as there was enough money coming in. Right. And there's this understanding, and and by the way, that also comes into play with divorces as well, you know? That's when fathers become uncles. They see their kids once every other week, right? Well, you know, and I want to just chime in really quickly mm-hmm. because I just read an article where a guy said, you know, it's the woman's choice to have kids, woman's choice to have right. family. My job is to just, you know, uh, I don't want to say spread. Well, <laughs> yeah. No. No, okay. no. My job is just make, you know, <laughs> do what she wants. If he has kids, that's up to her. And I'm like, wh- where did a guy suddenly think that, that being that detached was right. a good thing? Yeah. We taught him that. We, we did. legislated we that. We did. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We incentivized it too. Mm-hmm. So there's this understanding right now, and I, I believe I see this a lot, that good men are to do two things successfully 
successfully. And I, th- I agree with this part, protect and provide for the family. Okay. Okay, but beyond that, there's little else that is emphasized, and that's where it's very hurtful. Children need uh, their fathers to model behaviors, temperaments, resilience, and spiritual strength. Right. And little of this gets talked about at all. I mean, today, it, it is emphasized that women have freedom to choose to work outside of their home or inside of their home. Great. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Again, little is discussed in terms of how that's going to look for providing for the emotional and social development of children. I mean, children need both parents not to be merely gift givers, but right. to be intentionally present and focused. And men have a, a, a special role in the spiritual development of their children. That's uh, the well, main yes, role do. in the Bible. Yes, they do. You know, as, yeah. Yeah, and I recently uh, read an article by Ryan Anderson of the Heritage Foundation called Marriage and Politics, and he's citing a study by the Brookings Foundation, and they're Mm -hmm. kind of a left-of-center group. Yeah, they're not a conservative group. Right, right. and then in this study, they found that of the $229 billion that were spent on welfare between 1970 and 1996, that uh, $229 billion contributed to the breakdown Mm -hmm. of the marriage culture and the family. And the resulting exacerbation of social ills, teen pregnancy, poverty, crime, drug abuse, health problems, et cetera. I mean, it's really bad. Right. And that was all supposed to solve those problems. Right. See, it's pretty awful stuff. That's why I keep supposed saying. Supposed to be what helping was, the children. Yeah, what, We're hurting the children. Well, what was supposed to help mother and child actually began to destroy the family as the primary institution for that yeah. child. And the state can never replace the family. So mm-hmm. you talked about illegitimacy, single parent homes. They were in the single digits in the low teens for white, black, Hispanic families in the 50s and mm-hmm. 60s. Those numbers, I mean, people, you don't understand. This is like a neutron bomb going mm-hmm. off in our culture mm-hmm. because now it's 80%, 60%, 40% kids growing up without fathers. Those numbers, you you can't overcome the destruction of those mm-hmm. numbers to both men, to women, but especially children. And that's where it also becomes a cultural problem, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I also think about some of the policies that have created brokenness that I often see in my practice today. I mean... The, the 1970s uh, state government no-fault divorce yeah. policies, right? The no-fault divorces. I mean, looking back now, it's crazy to think that there was a better way to do marriage by making divorces easier. Yeah, they, and that's what they actually believe. Let's let yeah. people just go in and out of commitment. Somehow that'll be better for the children. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when that happened, divorces exploded in many places and generated even more social and psychological problems for all, you know, everybody. And again, it was the children who especially were hurt the most. Right. And, you know, even the politics of same-sex marriage, um, where whatever side you're on on that issue, it's something that the state has no business being in. Right. It transforms the state from a limited force in our lives for good, limiting the relational rights of man, woman, for the sake of their children, to a coercive power that now seeks to grant the rights of marriage to people as it redefines what marriage is. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Has it even, I mean, I don't know, has it ever been good for a society to be con- so confused in, uh, about marriage and the politics of marriage? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Not that I know of, because when governments start to redefine the institution of marriage or diminish it to merely a relationship, mm-hmm. I mean, bad things always happen because children need their parents. So- society needs healthy children, and the state's role in marriage is mainly about the children, mm-hmm. not about the definition of marriage, not about the happy of people in marriage. You know, I always say, you look, if you're if you're looking at Washington, D.C. for a healthy definition of marriage mm-hmm. or what makes a happy relationship, you are looking in the wrong <laughs> place. That's not their role. So, mm-hmm. so when it comes to politics and policy, the state is dabbling in things it has no business dabbling in. But I really believe what's even worse is they're neglecting what an important role they should take in the whole issue of marriage, which mm-hmm. is the protection uh, of the relationship that can have children and making sure those children 
children grow up to be healthy citizens. Yeah, the protection of, of marriage. I mean, you deal with these kinds of things a lot in your work in Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to take a moment to tell people about that? Yeah, yeah, thanks. Um, happy to, because, you know, in D.C., basically the main thing we do in D.C. is we're fighting for the religious liberty of people, especially the Christian church, because that's the churches that we represent. And, you know, but again, what are we asking? We're just saying, let us uh, you know, teach and preach the whole counsel of God uh, from the Bible without fear of government intrusion or coercion. And I think that's under, and again, that's where the state is the one that's uh, jumping into our business. Mm-hmm. And we're saying, no, we're pushing back. So it's becoming a real problem, especially with to teach, especially when I'm dealing with marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, so we've got religious liberty, the sanctity of life, marriage, and, and education. And we're just saying, let us actually raise our kids and, and, and teach our children the moral structures of our lives. So, you know, it's something we do on your behalf each and every day in Washington, D.C. We've got a lot of good resources for you. So if you want to see that, go to lcrlfreedom.org. That's lcrlfreedom.org freedom.org. And all that stuff is there for you to mm-hmm. give you strength and power to be Christians in the culture in which we live today. Yeah, that's your your area of expertise is yeah. to understand and, and fight for the politics of marriage. Um, well, and you know, I, I, and that wasn't always my my no. goal. I mean, I was I was a pastor. I served mm-hmm. people. I was out doing a whole different thing. But I started to see that we were being the rights were being taken away from the church mm-hmm. as it was trying to help neighborhoods. And I mm-hmm. said, what well, the state shouldn't have the right to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's so why I'm stepped. doing what I'm doing now. That's right. You're out on the, <laughs> on the yeah. Fighting. It's not it's not as much fun as being what I used to <laughs> yeah. do. I can tell you that. Yeah, I know that. But it's got to be done. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I'm sure everybody, you know, that gets involved with LCRL does too. Um, okay, so we've talked about the problems involved with the politics of marriage. Okay. Let's talk about some of the solutions. But before doing that, getting the politics of marriage properly defined while a good thing doesn't take the place of working hard on, on marriage. Never. No. So we need to make sure that we state that clearly, don't you think? Well, and that's the point. I mean, that's why my job is not as fun as it used to be, because hmm. uh, this isn't the solution to ha- making your marriage happier. This isn't. This is about just getting the state out of it so you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we like to say at the LCRL that good politics can't save you. But bad politics can destroy you. So we're trying to avoid bad politics. So <laughs> politics is about properly protecting rights we already have and curbing our worst behavior. And literally, the rest is up to us uh, as people seeking to live moral, virtuous lives in Christ for others. So when it comes to marriage, it's no different. Mm-hmm. Even if we get the politics right, mm-hmm. we still got to strive to work on our marriages, raise our children well, yes. take care of our families as our first and you know, most important concern. And all we're saying is the government should undergird that freedom and not get in the way. And it sure can't take the place of marriage, family, and church. And that's what it's trying to do today. Yeah, and it is getting in the way very, very often. I mean, whether it's undermining parental rights or whether, like we've been talking about, it is legislating solutions that actually make the problems worse. Yeah. So, you know, should people first be concerned with our religious liberty protections concerning our rights, responsibilities to be faithful to the scriptures teaching on marriage and the family? Well, I think that's the first place. I mean, that's the the primary concern. Because, you know, when you when you kind of focus on religious liberty, it's, it's talking about protecting you as a citizen from the, the state's power to prevent good biblical practice. So, you know, let me explain it a little different way. Like in our sexually libertine age, we know there are going to be people who disagree with mm-hmm. the Bible's view of marriage and family. Sure. So fighting for religious liberty is saying that just because they got a different view, that shouldn't give people the right to use the state's power mm-hmm. to silence the Bible's voice that's on these right. matters. And, that's right. and that's what's happening. It's happening mm-hmm. around the world today, and it's even beginning to happen in the U.S. 
Um, so again, to give you an example, there are a lot of people today think that it's normal to have lots of sexual relationships before marriage and to live together mm-hmm. uh, before marriage, as if that's the norm. That's right. Well, the Bible hasn't changed on that. Mm-hmm. Still wrong. Mm-hmm. So w- we can debate with them why it's better to be faithful. It's better to have intimacy emotionally and sexually if you no. do it the way the Bible talks about it. Mm-hmm. It's better for long-term commitment because people who live together, you know, often divorce and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but today, I mean, today we are being told that teaching the uniqueness of the Bible's message is somehow hateful. Right. And it should be made illegal. And that's what we're being told. Right. So they're trying to silence us. And that is what is going on um, with the so-called Equality Act in Congress. And that, the political policy to that is no no way, right? Right. That's what I'm saying. So in that, so religious liberty at that point says, we got to push back and saying, let us be who we are. Um, and, and I think the government's wrongly taking sides on these mm-hmm. issues. And, and the government shouldn't. Right. And, and you know, it's punishing organizations, churches and schools who disagree. That's, yeah. They're out of bounds again. Yeah, they shouldn't be in the business of trying to tell people what is a healthy relationship in any way. Right. I mean, that is my business as a wife, as a mother, as a psychologist, your business as a husband, as a father, as a pastor. Our business is our marriage with each other, mm-hmm. with our child at our church, in our community. So pushing back on the government's intrusion into marriage, that should be a priority in Mm -hmm. who we vote for, what legislation we support. Is there anything else that we can do besides that? Yeah, and I think, well, it also, I think it'd be good to continue to reform the welfare system by incentivizing marriage rather than incentivizing single motherhood. And that is a real problem in policy right Mm -hmm. now because, again, children need their mothers and their fathers. And so when these kind of things come up on the ballot, just remember the why and how of the state's work. Keep it simple. Mm -hmm. You know, what it taxes, you get less of. What it supports with your money, you get more of. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to see the marriage tax go away. You know, they're making it actually more expensive to stay married. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see the government incentivize people to stay together in marriage for the sake of their children. And the state needs to get out of the relationship business and limit its role to the institution of marriage, father, mother, child. Or if it can't do that, get out of the marriage business altogether. So I still say it should involve itself in the marriage of men and women uniquely, mainly, again, for the sake of the children, because that's what's good for society, too. Yeah, a lot to think about. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. And because this topic is so important for all of us. I'm sure we'll talk about the politics of marriage more in the future. Yeah, we're, yeah we're, right? because we're going to see more issues come up. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. So remember, there are two kinds of fire in the world. The one that burns and consumes. And the one that burns and empowers. May God's word and God's love burn brightly in you, giving you strength to face any fire. Till next time, little embers, I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. See, see you, you soon. soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media, familyvisionmedia.org.